Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Serious A, not Serious B. Who are Tia? Ha! Mama! It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're turned in to another episode of All Night with the Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. Now, we want to remind you that we are not and probably will never be experts in the topics we discuss. We may miss bits of research. We may misspeak at times, but we will always also encourage you to do your own research, vet your own sources, and come to your own conclusions. I'm your host, Taylor. And tonight across from the virtual desk from me is my brother, Seb. Seb, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing a little bit of cattle rustling, cattle hustling, cattle shuffling. <laughs> cattle shuffling. I'm taking care of business. You know, how, All you, right. how, are you, how you doing? All right. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, February has been a, a very quick month. And unfortunately, it has been a, a month in which after, what, 11 months of pandemic, my allergies have finally flared up. So uh, my finger will be very near the mute button in case I need to lean away from the mic ah. and let out a big old allergy cough. <laughs> All right. Uh, but joining us again this time back from last month is my good friend and podcastica co-host, John. John, welcome back to the desk. How you doing? So, I, I mean, thank you, Taylor. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I This is the first podcast I am attempting to record with an eight-week-old puppy in my lap as she looks up at me uh, no. wondering why my fingers are not food. This is going to be interesting. She just started uh, getting a little bitey here, but it's cute, Uh-oh. so it's fine. That's all good. It's yeah. it's an adorable, adorable puppy. You sent me some pictures. She's very cute. We got very She's lucky. Super cute. Yeah. What breed is she? Um, I have the um whatever the twenty three and Me for dogs is. I have it. Um, she is thirty percent Chihuahua. I believe ten percent Pit Bull. Mm. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Oh my goodness, a bunch of oh. other cute, adorable stuff. Uh, going on in here she's gonna have some cool coloring i can tell just from nice some spots um but yeah she's she's super adorable we're hoping both um henson's been a gentleman she is like completely like what is that thing um (laughs) so we're we're trying to get them acclimated so it's it's going to be an adventure it's going to be a challenge but we are up to it nice sweet very cool very cool you know I um I was thinking, you know, we've we've made it to our second episode. We didn't get through the first and said, "Oh, forget it. Nobody likes us. We're going home." <laughs> um, <clears throat> in fact, I, I I really I've been bowled over by the response hmm. uh, that we've gotten online. Um, just folks saying the nicest things. Um, we've we've literally gotten the uh, Connor J. Randall stamp of approval. That was amazing. Uh, that that was very cool. Uh, that was very flattering. Um, you know, uh, I know the gals over at the Two Witches podcast were like, hey, thanks for the shout out. And, and a lot of people were, 
you know, uh, sharing our tweets and, and uh, kind of getting the word out. And we appreciate all of that. Uh, and it's, it's given us at least a whopping 36 listens. Um, I know that sounds like a tiny Woo-hoo. number. Yeah, I know. You didn't have a chance to look up the iTunes numbers. And I know that's, that, that is where a lot of people uh, will listen because they're slaves to Apple products. But that's just my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we want to say thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very much. Um, and, and before we kind of dive into tonight's topic, um, uh, John and I were kind of talking on the side earlier today, um, about maybe every month, just giving ourselves the, uh, uh, the forum here to talk about maybe any weirdness that has happened to us since we recorded last. And John, did you want to share what happened to you? Yeah, uh, this is very strange. It actually just happened to me yesterday. And funny enough, as soon as I realized how strange it was, I said, I'll backtrack here. I'll turn. Is it Tarantino? Tarantino does that, right? I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) I was like, I got a, I got a message Taylor and Taylor had actually just, he had DM'd me on, um, and I was like, oh boy, I have some stuff I need to tell you. It's like, you knew I was going to message you. Yeah. So basically we've been preparing to get this little pup and we, we just were like, oh, we've completely forgot to make dinner. Me and my fiance and she was eating some leftover wings and I was eating something else. And I said, this is not enough. I kind of, you know, I need, and I don't want to cook anything. And out of the blue, one of our friends who lives about 10 minutes away calls me. He doesn't call Lauren, which is weird because he's, he is more friends with Lauren than and he never called her, which is even stranger now that I think about it. He straight up just <laughs> called me immediately and said, hey, have you guys eaten yet? And I said, uh, kind of, but we're still hungry. What's up? And he said, two hours ago, I ordered Domino's and they delivered it. And about 10 minutes ago, they just delivered two more pizzas that I did not order. And they told me to keep them. Do you guys want them? And I was like, what? Yeah, sure. So I tell Lauren, we get in the car, we drive over there. And she goes, you know, it's so weird. When I was walking Henson, I was thinking about dinner and I thought to myself, we should just order pizza. But I didn't message you about it because I don't know why I didn't. And I said, this is so strange. I need to text Taylor. And then he texted me. Yeah. It's like ordering pizza with your mind. Yeah, it was very, very strange. Very, very weird. I love it. Putting that out into the universe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's weird. Seb, have you had anything uh, odd uh, happen this past month? Last night, I had a little t- tube of Neosporin. Okay. And I applied it to a little cut I had on my hand. And looked down and couldn't find the little cap to put it back on the little tube. And I thought, well, this this is this kind of sucks. It probably fell in the waste paper basket or something. And I looked all around and I couldn't find it. And then I looked back on the tube and it was on the tube. So I don't know <laughs> if that's strange or just means that means I need to change my eyeglass prescription. But it was <laughs> it, it really it really did surprise me. I was surprised. That um, is, I mean, for you to not either remember that's some lost time right there. We talked a little. We'll talk <laughs> I was a wondering. Bit, we'll talk a little bit about that in Alien Highway. Yeah. Yes, we will. Our parents had lost time once when they went camping. I think. Wait, did they really? Yeah, a couple. Like they, you know, they thought it was a, you know, a Monday, and it turned out it was a Wednesday or something like that when they got out of the woods or something. But 
Um, Whoa. Interesting. Why do I not remember this story? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to talk to mom. Yes, we definitely will. Yeah. Um, well, my story um, is uh, tied to the fact that uh, my kids have gotten really kind of gung ho about playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it was never something I got into um, in my youth. So here I am in my mid 40s being like, okay, I'm going to try to learn how these things work so we can play. And I was, I decided to make myself a character just to kind of have the practice of doing it so I could kind of help walk them through it better. And so I came up with a character and I gave him a, a bit of backstory, um, you know, just that he had been, he'd been in some sort of military service and was kind of being um, kind of eaten alive by the guilt of not being able to save a friend kind of thing. And it kind of drove him to drink a little bit. So it's kind of this flawed uh, character. <clears throat> and in all the things that you can, you know, create for your character. Um, one of them is uh, they can have like a, a trinket of some kind that they can keep with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a hundred different items in this book and they're like, Oh yeah, roll a one D 100 to kind of just randomize what you get. And I'm like, I don't have a 100 sided dice. I'm like, Oh, I guess I can go to the web and do it. So I sit there and I hadn't really looked at everything that was in the list. And I just go to the side. I'm like, all right, roll a one D 100. And it gives me 52. I'm like, all right, let's see what 52 is. And 52 is get this. Um, two toy soldiers, one of whom has a missing head. Whoa. And I kind of went, all right, that's, that's a little weird because that kind of would fit with the character I'm making. Yeah. And so I, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to hit the button again and just see what it gives me just out of curiosity. I'm like, I'll totally take that trinket. I don't mind, but I'm like, let's just see what another role would give me. Now on a one D 100, you have a 1% chance of getting any number, right? Mm-hmm. So I hit, I hit the button again for it to roll and it gives me 52 again. Wow. These, loaded di- these aren't loaded dice, right? They're well, digital no, it's a website. Loaded, digital uh, yeah. loaded dice. Loaded. Okay. And <laughs> at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. I'm like, the universe is telling me something. Mm, 52. So I go, all right, the odds of getting 52 twice uh, is pretty slim. I'm like, what happens if I get it a third time? Uh-oh. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm just tempting myself. Yeah. So I hit it again. Uh-oh. And it gives me 93. 93. Huh. Okay. Right? 93. Hell, your fans. Yes. I get a 93. And I'm like, oh, God. And then now I'm like, I'm ready to throw my phone across the room because I'm like, okay, this is a clear. So when I see a 93 pop up, I'm paying attention. And then yeah, I go, absolutely. so I wonder what 93 is in the trinkets. Just out of curiosity, I'm like, let's see what it is. <laughs> It is better. it a tin can? It, I was just going to say, it better not <laughs> I, be a tin I can. I wish, I wish, I wish it is an empty wine bottle oh. from like some like, you know, Wizards of the Vines vineyard or what, uh-huh. you know, some, some, some sort of made up vineyard. But so I get, I get something speaking to like his tragic flaw. And I get something related to his drinking problem. And I'm like, yeah, what the flip? Wow. Oh, I got you, man. It Crazy. Was, yeah, that was really weird. And I'm like, okay, this character has two trinkets. Yeah. Whoa. I'm like, whatever. 
Fair enough. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a weird one. Um, Oh man. Yeah. Crazy. John, I think John's pizza weirdness uh, beats both of ours though. I think that's, that's (laughs) that is pretty good. And if nothing else, it's so useful. Yeah, exactly. Yes. (laughs) The pizza weirdness. Yes. Right. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, Well, yeah. So, this month we are talking about a documentary that came out in, I believe it was 2012. Is that correct? Seb? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, called alien highway. Now I'm going to give a little bit of backstory about why this um, documentary even is on our radar. This was something that Seb asked for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I went, Oh, I, I've got to get this for Seb because it's right up our alley. Oh yeah. Um, so I order it up and we'll have a link in the show notes. If you want to buy a copy of this for yourself, uh, it's not expensive. Um, so I order it up and it arrives and, um, the DVD case is, is broken. I mean, it's smashed pretty good. Oh, um, the disc is fine. I tossed it in my, my computer and I just kind of like let it play while I was working just to make sure that it was okay. Um, and it was fine. So I'm like, okay, I, I just, I need a new case. No big deal. Um, and so just on a whim, I, I email the guy, um, and I was like, Hey, it arrived. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm really happy. Cause this is a Christmas gift. Um, but, uh, the DVD case is really, it got smashed at some point in its trip up here. Um, could I trouble you to send me just another DVD case? I'm like, the disc is fine. Don't need another disc. It's like, I just need the case. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll drop it in the mail for you tomorrow. I was like, all right, cool, man. Thank you so much. And it gets here and it literally is a whole nother DVD case, insert everything. Oh, wow. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like that's some customer service. Now, yeah. now I get to give Seb a, a copy for Christmas and I get to keep one for myself. <laughs> nice. So I got no complaints there. Um, but this is, um, this is a neat documentary uh why don't i just intro it for everyone uh see two hours north of las vegas in the high desert of what we like to call the great american southwest thank you Arbel. lies a base that went unacknowledged for decades that secrecy combined with rumors theories and legends created the myth that we know as area 51 whether it's merely a cia base that developed aircraft like the u-2 and the sr-71 or whether we're to believe the stories of Bob Lazar and others that alien technology is being reversed engineered there, Area 51 became a fixture in pop culture during the late 80s and early 90s. In the mid-90s, filmmaker Roger Mexico and his friend Michael Brown captured a slice of UFO culture that feels almost quaint today. More than just a snapshot of believers and contactees, Alien Highway also preserves for us views of Area 51 that can no longer be accessed by the public because of government land grabs. So this month, we're headed off the main road and driving up to the gates of Area 51 with a look at Alien Highway and a look back at UFO culture in the 90s. Excellent. That was very well done. Now, Taylor, is that a world-famous synopsis? I Yes, I suppose it could be a world-famous synopsis, even though I didn't really cover any of the experiences hey still uh, still that's a great snapshot much like this uh, is for sure absolutely yeah. <clears throat> thank you thank you thank you thank you seb you were the one who first kind of um put this movie 
on our radar. How did you discover it? Yeah, you know, um, it, it really kind of goes back to, um, you know, about about the time this was made almost, July 2010. Um, I drove out to Rachel, Nevada. Uh, I drove through Rachel, Nevada, spent the night at The Little Alien, which features heavily in this film. I am so envious of that. Me too. <laughs> the, right? It was on the way to my uh, our uncle's funeral in Casa Grande, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it to make a long story short, uh, The Little Alien, basically, when I got there, um, they said, hey, you know, we have a closet full of, you know, every VHS tape of every documentary that's ever been filmed that mentions us, basically. And it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films. And the and fact said, that hey, it's still VHS. Yeah. And they <laughs> said, if you want to watch some, knock yourself out. There's a VCR in your room. And, of course, I had to wake up early the next morning to make it to the funeral. And all I desperately wanted to do was spend two weeks there watching every single one of these, <laughs> these uh, VHS tapes. So fast forward to 2020, it's the pandemic, and I'm, I have a lot of extra time on my hands laying around the apartment. So I get on YouTube and I'm like, I, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to try to somehow recreate this closet of crazy documentaries. And the thing is, for me, like a great UFO documentary has to have a couple things. It has to have really, 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 really low production values and really, really, really high outrageous claims. The greater the difference between those two elements, the more I like it. <clears throat> and that's where I stumbled upon this film. And it was unlike anything I had seen because so many of these films, they make the trek out to Lincoln County, Nevada, and they turn their cameras to the skies and try to capture funky lights. And and, and this film, I felt the filmmakers turned the camera from the sky downwards to the people around Rachel and the quirky, funny, um, it's sometimes endearing contactees who share amazing experiences with UFOs and aliens, which may or may not be true, but in any case are incredibly interesting and entertaining. And the film just, it had so much heart. It has so much heart. I felt that the filmmakers portrayed the contactees as fun, but didn't cross the line into making fun of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm really eager to find out if you guys got as much of a kick out of this little film as, as I did. I'll, John, I'll, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I actually, go, go, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this. <clears throat> I had no idea what to expect. And I think, you know, everything you said that you enjoy about it, I went, yeah, that, I mean, this is that film that for mm-hmm. sure the, the lowest of low production value. <laughs> um, I feel like it, it was shot in 96 though, right? Most of it. A, a good chunk of it was because they they mentioned Independence Day. That right. whole that oh my goodness, that whole scene is absolutely wild with with the guy who I'm not really sure believes that Fox bought the highway. Oh, like, Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell. Yeah, he. Uh, I just in that scene, I feel like everything else. I'm like, yeah, I'm with this dude. But in that scene, it just felt like he was trying to play it up for the cameras and could not muster it that day for some reason i i kind of i kind of get that feeling if you look up some of glenn campbell's videos on youtube in fact we, we even use a little clip of him um in our opening uh theme where he says secrets of area 51 revealed yes <laughs> um and <clears throat> he really is you know he really is and i think he even says it in in alien highway where he he's very much about you know more government transparency and government accountability for these kind of things. It's, it's not just, 
you know, tell us about the UFOs. He, oh yeah, you know, during this era, because there is, I think there's even parts of this film that were, were shot more in the early two thousands. Yes. Um, there is, there is this big land grab, um, where, um, there's a couple of mountain peaks that are close to area 51 freedom Ridge and, um, Oh Lord, I can't remember. The White sides. I think uh, yeah, white sides. Thank you. Yeah. That's the other one. Um, that you could, it's, it's a little remote, but you could hike to the top of it and you could, um, see the base from there. Um, and so obviously once, once the government realized, Oh, Hey, wait a second. Um, we probably should uh, make this our land and restrict people from going up there. Yeah. Um, and, and on some level I get it, you know, I mean, if you are developing, uh, you know, high level stuff that you don't want foreign nations knowing about, like I get that. I get that. So I think by the time, you know, we, we, we get Glenn Campbell kind of later on in the movie kind of trying to muster this, uh, energy part of it i think is in response to the fact that you know the government has really got involved in kind of restricting some of these spaces the only place now where you can get even a glimpse of area 51 is the top of what's called tickaboo peak um and even then you have to have an insane telephoto lens with you in order to see the base not only that but they actually have like quote unquote, a weather station there mm. that also has cameras on it. So if, if there are people hiking up there, they know that yeah, you're up there. They'll see them. And I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of wild stuff in this, like the, not the trip wires, but the, um, the sensors, the road sensors that yeah. I was like, Oh, that is those, those, those are legit. Those are out there. Those are still out there today. Um, probably upgraded ones. I imagine like as soon as you turn onto that road, the oh, camera yeah. that you are yeah, coming. I bet. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I will it say stop me from wanting to go up there sometime. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I still want to go up. There. Jeez. Oh yeah. Um, I will say, like you, Seb, you did mention, like it, it kind of turned it towards the the people of the town, and I mm. just, I everyone was a character, which is mm-hmm. just you know is fantastic, and. I just all of the UFO sighting stories that people were telling were just so fascinating mm-hmm. because they were all slightly different, but there was enough like similarities that makes you it kind of makes you think even more about their stories. And mm-hmm. I think this has one of my favorite UFO descriptions I've ever heard mm. when the guy says it looked like a crown royal cap. Oh yes, that's, yeah, that's I think that's my, one of my favorite <laughs> descriptions of a UFO ever. Any, anytime you can you can link ufology and alcohol, I mean you might as well. I mean if you look at it like through the years too, like the cap changes, but it all always has a weird like UFO shape to it. And yeah. I just thought that was so crazy. You're not wrong. That's so fun. I mean the the the, the some UFO documentaries I watch and I think, oh, that's so that's so spooky. I love it. And then some of them I watch and they have amazing footage and I'm like, oh, that was so believable. I believe it. But like the, the if there's one word I could sum up for this film, it's fun. You know? Yes. And and that kind of for me, it's really interesting because growing up, I would only ever be taken to Nevada by my family on like family vacations and stuff. So f- for starters, Nevada was always a place where like 
it was almost a land of permanent fun and vacation. You know, I can't imagine anybody having to go to a nine to five job in the state of Nevada, basically, because, <laughs> you know, I, I can't conceive of it, you know, but also it's really interesting because this film, there's almost all of it. I mean, all of it is basically handheld camcorder footage that mm-hmm. they shot themselves. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's almost like in, in my, my uh, takeaway is that there's two bookends to this film. One is footage that they shot at the famous Little Alien and Rachel um, on May 1st, 1993 at something called the Ultimate UFO Seminar, yes. which is where, you know, Bob Lazar, the famous quote unquote physicist who claims to have worked on, you know, reverse engineering flying saucers at S4 next to Area 51, which spoke. And then the other bookend is um, was on April 18th, 1996, which is when Nevada Governor Bob Miller dedicated highway state route. 375 is the extraterrestrial highway and you had jeff goldblum and bill pullman show up for a big (laughs) ceremony relating to the release of the movie independence day which you know features area 51 in 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 the plot and what i'm getting at this here is that the the filmmakers suggest that in the early 90s it was like a golden age and then as things went on it got less golden and more commercial and for me like i've always felt that my adolescence was my golden age in the nineties. And then once I got into the two thousands, I started to crap out. So like, <laughs> it, it like it, like I just glommed onto it for so many different reasons. Nevada is a fun place. The nineties were a cool time. And it just clicked for me on so many different levels other than just, Oh, I love UFO stories. So this is really cool. Um, and um, I mean, the, the whole thing with the camo dudes, the quote unquote camo dudes. I mean, oh my. I, I, I mean, that. I, I feel like it's now our national adult version of being – when you're a little kid, you run to the neighbor's house and you ring the doorbell and you run away. Yes. And the neighbor comes <laughs> to the door. And like the whole like driving up to the, the you know the boundary of Area 51 and the camo dudes coming out and looking at you, that's like the adult version of that I feel now. It's almost like a, a rite of passage. You know, It's like, have you done it yet, basically? You know? I can um, see that. I mean, I can't, I can't go out and, and summon a UFO on demand to the best of my knowledge, but I can have a camo dude show up and like, look at me, you know? So. Well, but, 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 you know, you know, you know what you can do is you can actually go, you know, up to the, up to the gate, which it was kind of crazy to see how few signs there used to be. There's yeah. a lot more signs now. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, and at least in the movie, it's, it's almost as if they summon dust. Oh my goodness. Uh, summoning right? th- this this is just... This is such a great clip, John. Why don't you play? I think it's oh soundboard my, three. Oh, my goodness. We're getting the hell out of here because as as we were there, Steve spotted, spotted dust <laughs> coming towards us. <laughs> yes. Area 51 is protected by sentient dust. That scene is just the the epitome of paranoia. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it completely is. It is. It is honestly so... I like I get it. You're not supposed to be there and then you you see some dust and you think it's like it has to be, you know, it this this is like the men in black coming to get you basically. <laughs> right. And with that entire time like he's like, "Yeah, there's some dust." And then they like shoot to the back and it's like, "I can't see anything. It's just all dust." Yeah. And you are on a dirt road driving probably way faster than you should be. And I love he's like, point the camera at yourself. Is it on? Is it recording? Point it at yourself. <laughs> I am pointing it at myself. Is it on? Yes, it's on. Well, point it at yourself. It's yeah. just like so ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Roger's just like, well, we'll, we'll slow down. So if we're driving fast, it makes it it makes it look to them like we've done something wrong. We haven't yeah. done anything wrong. Like, I also love it, like it's hilarious. One of the first lines I think when they're looking at the signs is uh, one of them says, "Doesn't say anything about being shot." So <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and also, go ahead, Seb. Oh no, no, you go. Um, also in. <laughs> No, actually, Seb, you go ahead. I need to okay. <laughs> one of the, um, you know, one of the really interesting things about this film is that there's so much footage and of people who were instrumental to the creation of the myths around Area 51 who are no longer with us. And one of them is a, I guess, a Las Vegas-based um, radio host named Billy, Billy Goodman, who I think in the late 1980s had a radio program. And, you know, there were a couple episodes where, you know, people would call in who claim to work or have worked at Area 51 and have had really strange experiences working on really strange things or seeing really strange things. And I wish I knew, I wish I knew so much more about Billy Goodman. He's passed away now, um, but he's almost like, like a, like a proto Art Bell or something like that, or maybe almost kind of like a long John Nebel from New York, like somebody who Mm -hmm. did radio, but dabbled in strange and unusual things, which is sort of like our podcast. So (laughs) <laughs> and, and there's 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 person after person after person like that in this film that are no longer with us who were either central or on the periphery of, of all of these stories that we tell now about these places in America. Um, and that's one of the things that I find really compelling about it, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> um, you know, it's funny because at this at this point in the 90s, I mean, Art, Art Bell really was kind of like you know, already getting kind of like really big and really almost starting to peak in a lot of ways, kind of that mid, mid to late nineties was really some serious heyday, but, but even 93, 95, 96, you know, he was getting huge. So that this documentary focuses on this Billy Goodman happening program. I'm like, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Um, And, and unfortunately um, there's very little of audio from his programs out there i found one it was almost like somebody had just put together a bunch of clips from his program when bob lazar was on one time yeah on youtube um and it wasn't even like a full program it's 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 like parts were cut out um that's so it wasn't strange <laughs> I, yeah it's, it's like it's like you didn't whoever did it like probably didn't want to hear like, Oh, here's the commercial break or here's this or here's that. It's like, it was literally just like, let's take questions. Um, and it was, you know, question, answer, and then question, answer, and then like a cut. Okay. We're back with them. And then question, answer. And yeah, it was, it was, it was weird because again, you know, looking at this era, I mean, at least for me, Art Bell was a huge part of that. And he's no, he's not even mentioned in any of this. I mean, he, he he and his wife even have a sighting of a large black triangle shaped craft in this era, mm. right? None of that kind of stuff gets mentioned. Um, now, the point I did want to make, and I just want to jump back to it real quickly um, before I had to cough. Sorry about that. Um, was back when um, Roger and Michael are up at the front gate and they're they're looking at what they think might be like a. I don't know, like a sensor uh, array yeah. or something. And, and <laughs> the exchange they have, <laughs> I love it because, you know, uh, uh, Michael comes across as the, like, I'm really into this stuff. I want to go do all this kind of stuff. But then kind of when, 
when faced with, you know, uh, the reality of being there, like John said, you know, you get kind of paranoid. Um, John, play some word too, because here, here's, here's what they say. You want to go up closer to it? No. <laughs> no yeah there's it's just you want to go touch it no it's very funny because like they, they do both seem very gung-ho about it but mm-hmm. the first sign even to the point of like well it doesn't say we're gonna get shot so with the first sign of trouble they are it's it's like the blair witch is coming after them and they're <laughs> the camera's going every which way and it's great oh my gosh yes there's a lot of herky-jerky camera uh it, in this movie. But I think that kind of adds to its charm in a way, you know, like it's not a big, you know, network production or something like that. It's just, oh, you know, two guys who just are interested in this and they go out there and they manage to capture a lot of really, really interesting stuff. I think, um, you know, a lot of it's filmed in or around the the little alien. Um, and I, I can remember in, in 2010 driving down there and it was, it was great because that morning I'd woken up, and I, I wasn't sure that I was going to do this thing. And I called them up on the phone and I'm like, can I make a reservation for tonight? And they're like, sure. And I <laughs> you know, got my car, filled it up with gas, got a whole bunch of flats of bottled water, Ritz crackers and peanut butter in case I got stuck in the desert, you know. <laughs> and I started driving out there. And by the time I got to, you know, the alien highway, it was pitch dark. And I was, you know, not only was there no cell phone reception of any kind, but I turned my car radio AM and FM onto the just the, the sweep thing, and there were no stations. It would oh, just sweep geez. the whole cycle and go over and over again. And one of the craziest things that I've you know experienced out there was something that this film talks a lot about or shows a lot about that I never see in any Area 51 documentaries, and that's the fact that you know State Highway 375 or whatever is basically open range, so the cattle have free rights to walk on the highway. Yeah. And I would be driving, you know, 65 or whatever, you know, like 10 p.m. at night, completely dark. You know, it was no stars, totally cloudy. And all of a sudden I'd see this cow in my headlights and I'd have to swerve not to hit it, you know. Jeez. Um, and it, but it was but I was so yeah, I wasn't like frightened. It was more like I was like, oh, my gosh, this is such an adventure. This is like a video game. This is so exciting. <laughs> I like just not having any cell phone reception, I, I just felt like, wow, I am totally on my own. This is so cool. This is great. It is fun to, to not have cell phone reception in place. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. It was, it was, sometimes, it was liberating. Sometimes, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it was very cool. Very cool. It, Seb, Seb, remind me, what time of year was it when you went through there? Oh, that was July. <laughs> okay. So it was the middle of summer. So it was probably still pretty warm. Yeah, it was pretty warm. Yeah. I mean, if it was winter, I, I probably would have been, you know, skidding off the road or, or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm totally bummed that it was cloudy that night because I couldn't, you know, see any uh, claim to see any things in the sky. Yeah, the no motel, care. the little like motel that they have is amazing because all of the different bedrooms are decorated with framed photographs of, you know, famous UFO sightings from, you know, history. Basically, you know, you go into Motel 6 and they got a painting on the wall that's like a black velvet, yeah, you know, whatever. But this is all like UFO photos, you that's know? great. Oh, it's just we got you guys got to come out to Lincoln County, I swear. It's just so uh, cool. I want to, I would love to. I think that would just be so fun, especially like we were just talking about the towns, the townsfolk. It just, especially at the um, the what is it? I'm gonna call it a UFO seminar, but um, yeah. 
that was just like that was just so cool. I think that'd just be cool to go to like something like that where everyone's just like on this on basically the same page about sure. UFOs and it just looked like a fun time. Like I think there's just one point where like people are just standing outside just telling their sighting stories to one another and mm-hmm. I'm like that seems that seems fun. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean they, there's one part in the film where they basically just go like door to door in Rachel and Yes. You know, to their credit, you know, they, they interview people who are like, yeah, I've lived here 20 years. I've never seen anything. I think it's all hokum. It's just, you know, Pat Travis at the little alien trying to drum up business all the way from that to people who, have, you know, believe that they've been abducted or that they're in contact with aliens right then and there. And they can or they themselves are from another planet, basically. That was uh, so I actually do have a question. For, that I'm just going to I'm going to lay out to the room here. We all believe in UFOs, right? I, we all said yes the last yep. time. We did. Um and other life forms and stuff like that. Are there stories that you sometimes hear from people that you go, "Okay, that's total crap." Or because we do believe in UFOs and other life forms, do we have to accept that there is some truth to every story? <sighs> I that's think that's a really good question. I mean, I think there were some contactees in the 1950s who, you know, claimed to have been in contact with aliens and they communicated to them like piano music that they then released on like vinyl, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm like, I don't know if I believe it 100 percent because, you know, (laughs) like don't don't the aliens have better things to do than release albums via, you know, spirit writing or something like that. Yeah. And why would you give someone else credit for work that you release? That's weird. <laughs> royalties, it's all royalties. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, personally, there's a lot of stories that are told that I don't necessarily believe. I mean, I think it, for me, it would take a lot. What I'm trying to say is the president could come on television tonight and say aliens are real, and I still wouldn't believe 100%. I would <laughs> shake hands with one. I get that. And I, at the same time, like, I and I feel like... It, and some of the early contactee stories are, are, are good examples um, where, you know, may, maybe they, maybe they had like one, like absolutely legit experience. Um, but then for whatever reason, whether, whether they wanted to write a book and sell a book, whether they, they liked the attention um, or, or for whatever reason, they, they felt like they had to have more. And if more weren't coming, that that they would kind of just create their own stories. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of of, of a story of a, of a an encounter or a story where I'm just like, yeah, I really I don't quite believe that. Um, but well, one, same, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there's there's you know um, one of the figures in in this film that tells a story that I don't know if I 100 percent believe in is probably for me the most compelling figure in the film. Um, and I don't know if it's okay to talk about him now, but um, he's a guy named David Solomon and he goes by the name or went by the name ambassador Merlin Merlin, the second. Oh man, this dude had some um, style. Yeah. First of all, let's talk about that. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had like, you know, sideburn mutton chops, maybe like a cowboy hat and yeah. like a weird like suit. Yeah. Basically. Um, he, he's in the film. I wish he was in the film more. One of the reasons I really wanted to get my hands on the DVD was for the bonus footage, which there's more footage of him in it. Um, totally, totally compelling. He, 
he was apparently a familiar face of the Nevada state legislature between about 95 and 99 when he was a registered lobbyist for the embassy of the Avalon Cesareans. And he actually was involved with lobbying for actually the renaming of Route 375 as the extraterrestrial mm-hmm. highway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's in this film and um, there's this really um, uh, heart wrenching part where they're basically having the big ceremony with the governor, you know, to kick off the renaming of the highway. And he's basically excluded from the tent or whatever. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and, and my, my heart just goes out for the dude, you know? And, and, and John, you were, you were talking about, you know, do you, you know, are, are all of these stories believable or do we believe them? I mean, for me, one of the things that makes me feel that he was a person who truly held these beliefs as opposed to maybe someone who was just trying to make money by selling a book or something. Um, tragically, you know, later on, you know, in his life, he, uh, he actually starved to death, um, and they talk about this in the film a little bit. Um, he basically became a, interested in a philosophy called breatharianism, which I guess is like um, believing that you can get all the nutrients or sustenance, sustenance you need just by breathing air. And, um, and tragically, his, his body was found uh, in July 2001. He had been dead for quite a while. Yeah, the, um, I think the quite a while, like I was like, oh, that's sad. And then they mentioned... He'd been he'd been dead for quite a while. I went. That's even sadder. I know, totally, yeah. totally. And it's just yeah. like, and he's again. It's just he's one of the many figures in this film that that's no longer with us. So you know, they're the footage of them is kind of rare and precious. You know, um, weird little factoid I found researching for tonight's episode. There's actually a small community of UFO contactees who have starved themselves to death over time throughout the years there was one lady named Gloria Lee and then there's another one named Laverne Landis. So that's kind of a weird huh. kind of subset of contactees, I guess. I don't know. Interesting yeah. Thing. Interesting. I, you know, if I can get back to the whole, um, you know, do, do we end up believing everyone because we believe in UFOs? Yeah. Uh, point. I'm, you know, it, it's funny because even, even in this past month, as I, I mean, I've watched alien highway a few times uh, to just kind of get real familiar with it and take notes and everything. And at one point I said, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the um, Area 51 and Flying Saucers Bob Lazar documentary that Jeremy Corbell did. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, if, if you haven't seen it, I actually, for whatever reason, said, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll spend 20 bucks and, and I'll buy the poster from Bob Lazar's company and, and have him sign it so i actually have oh fun the movie poster uh with with his uh autograph on it um but it, it's so funny because i know last month when we kind of did our our little bs or believe it i think all of us put an asterisk on bob lazar we did yes <clears throat> and as, as much as you kind of look at his story, for example, and go, okay, um, you know, this, this is a really extraordinary story. Um, he, he clearly is a very smart person. Um, but there's just a couple of elements that make you go, but I'm not so sure I'm sold on it. Going back and, and rewatching that documentary, which George Knapp is in, by the way, John, um, oh. I about why do I recognize? Yeah, George why do I recognize him? And then I realized he uh, was on the same station as uh, Coast to Coast. Yes, 
yeah, he does uh, host Coast to Coast periodically, um, and he's in this documentary with Bob Lazar and everything. But, but so much of that documentary is is just you know you don't see him like like trying to I, I don't I don't feel like he's trying to push a particular agenda. I mean, he literally says he's like, yeah, you know, in hindsight, if I knew everything I was going to go through, I probably wouldn't have actually come forward and said anything. You know, and and there's enough of just him kind of talking and interacting um, that I, I I don't know. I come away from watching that documentary going, I, I kind of believe him. This is so tough for me because you're giving me so much Bob Lazar foreplay, but I <laughs> I, know I, 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 yet. I, I could talk I could I could talk right now for the next sixty minutes nonstop just about my Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar thoughts, but I can't. I don't want to because yeah. I mean, that's oh, we're going to do a full episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, you will, but it's like. And I'm, I'm sorry, like, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to use it to to illustrate an idea that I'm not doing a great job of doing well, uh, of, of illustrating. But but what I'm trying to say is that I mean I mean let's look at some of the people in Alien Highway, kind of early on in the film, where where um, you know like the lady who's like, oh yeah, I'm from Sirius, Sirius yeah. A, not Sirius B. Yeah, she's great. Uh, <laughs> I love her. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Um, and, um, you know, these people, and, and she's just like, oh yeah, no, they're up there in the clouds right now. They're talking to me right now. Yeah. Right now there, there is part of me who at one time would have been like, okay, th- th- this is, this is someone who, for whatever reason, feels the need to belong or feel special or something and and they glom on to some aspect of ufology and they create this own story in their heads and they go this is what i'm experiencing uh, and and there was a time where i'd have been like okay well you know there there clearly are people who who may have mental health issues um you know that, that that's a very real thing that you, you I guess I kind of at least have to take it as some sort of consideration when evaluating some of this stuff. Um, but at the same time, as I'm studying all of this more and more, um, I think there's definitely a, a psychological component to the phenomena. Um, and I heard as much as I can't stand Joe Rogan, I, I, I listened to his interview with Jacques Vallée and, you know, Rogan kind of asked him, he's, he's, he's like, so, so what do you think it is? What do you think it is? And he's like, I really think that there is both a nuts and bolts and a psychological aspect to the phenomena, whatever it is, you know, UFOs or whatever it's, it's, it's both. And so at, I now look at the people we meet in alien highway and I go, okay, well maybe Maybe, yeah, you know, maybe she is communicating with, you know, maybe they're ultra terrestrials, you know, maybe, maybe contactees who are like, oh yeah, these guys are from Venus. Well, maybe they're just saying Venus because it wouldn't make sense to be like, we're from, you know, Zebulon seven or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't really know. I I mean, I think that there's, I think that there is a, a huge um, part of being human, I guess, part of our nature is sometimes going out into these desolate places looking for messages from above. I mean, you could go back to John the Baptist leading his 
his flock out into the Judean desert, you know, searching for God to come down, basically. And in some ways, that's sort of like going out into the desert of Lincoln County, Nevada and looking for for messages in the stars, you know. I mean, I think it's I think it says something about the amazingness of this film that Bob Lazar's story for how outlandish it, it seems to some is probably the most um, uh, down to earth and um, boring, quote unquote, compared to all the other stories. Told yes, in this yeah, film, you absolutely. Know? Um, th- there's one part in the film where they go out, there's a woman who, um, has a vision of a weird kind of circle in the desert, which she thinks is going to yes. be like an interdimensional portal. Yes. Right? And they go out and hop around the, the dirt and try to find it and find something they think it is and jump in it and film what they, you know, whatever might happen. Yeah. Um, I guess nothing really does happen. Well, Tay, you meant- nothing, oh, nothing happens because they've, they've tethered themselves to another person. <laughs> right, so. exactly. If there had been no camera there, something amazing would have happened. Well, and then I loved like they were like, "Hold on, I'm going to stand in this spot. Hold me, make yeah. sure I don't and, go in." And well, I, and Tay, you talked about ultra terrestrials, and you get like Bill Uhouse talking about trad, which right. is just amazing because yes. first of all, he has this amazing artist rendition of what this alien looks like, which he How looks badass. Poster. Well, I want one of those posters. I know it's like. Where you know, and of course, Mr. Uhouse has passed away now. Um, and I, and I, but you, you want to talk about the funkiness of of this documentary? Like, rather than like you know, cut out the piece where he like like oh, fumbles yeah. his his yeah. his like oh the something out of the back of a pickup truck, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it falls on his head. in the yeah, it's rather so than sweet. like, oh wait, 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 let's let's you know let, let's redo. Yeah. That. It's just like, nope, you just bond yourself on the head. It's so it's, sweet. It's so it sweet. Is. It is. It there's that it, that makes it kind of endearing because they're not so really endearing. Polish it. Yeah. Oh, it's so, and, and I love the fact that the alien's name is Trad because Trad just sounds like the name of every um, you know uh, evil jerky teenage bully from every John Hughes movie <laughs> that drove around. Yeah, in, he's going to race you down. Yeah, he's going to race yeah. you down the mountain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You trad, know? trad is definitely one of those like bro aliens. Yeah, I know. It's so good. <laughs> I love Trad. <laughs> and then Trad meets up with Ambassador Merlin Merlin yes. II at some point in the film, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, you know, there, there are some other like kind of like funny but endearing moments i think when they're all like oh wow look at that up in the sky and everyone's kind of just like what is it i don't know oh it's a weather balloon yep like it's a legit weather balloon it, it literally is yeah. you can see that kind of teardrop shape and yeah like, oh, yeah i love that and then there's the other one when they're they all follow the um the ufo hunters and then they um they're like oh what's that and it's like the security and you hear somebody go we're oh. screwed yeah <laughs> yes. or you know there's there's one part of the film where there's this big plume of smoke in the desert and they think yes. like an alien has crashed and it's just somebody set the local dump on fire you yeah know? <laughs> just uh, oh I love I love that scene because it's yeah. just a guy in a pickup truck that's like yeah it's just a bunch of trash on fire he's just smoking <laughs> yeah. a cigarette yeah. all right yeah. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Yeah, and and they still drive out and and they film it. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Oh, it's it's a burning, you know, dishwasher or whatever it is. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, um, it, you know, it's it's funny because um, uh, you know, in in and amongst all this, um, uh, we get we get these mentions. You know, we 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 have them talking about 
uh, you know, seeing cows in the road. Seb, you experienced cows in the road. <laughs> and, 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 then it, and then at one point, they pull up next to a group of cows and, and Roger Mexico proceeds to shout, Who is mutilating you and why? We can't help you unless you be totally honest with us. What a great just side gag. Because, yeah. I mean, not a it's a gag up until the end where, um, should I yeah. play this clip? There is, the, let me just preface it by, by, by saying if you've, if you've not seen this documentary and, and you go and purchase it and watch it, there is some foreshadowing. There really is some foreshadowing because there comes a point in the film and it, it almost feels like they're kind of wrapping up and they're just talking about, you know, what they've learned being out there and, you know, talking to people and everything. And there's there's even this spot where um, Roger's kind of standing in the middle of the highway and he goes, Rachel, Nevada, you know, where like whatever it was like where, where dreams can come true. And then there's a hard cut and this. You took a bump here. You feel weak or anything? OK, we hit a cow. <laughs> we hit a cow. The car is bad off. As you can see, I'm probably bleeding. Can you see me in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The windshield, something went into the windshield. Oh, look, your, your blood is on the windshield. But the front of the car, <laughs> maybe the cow. This is what the, the bull's head hit. There's, There's the bull's blood. It pushed the steering wheel in on me. Let me see you again. How are you, all right? Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's pretty, like, that's basically how the film ends. It's it's jarring. It's uh, shocking. Yeah, and I'm like, I could, you know, if we're talking about artistic, uh, I could have done without them showing the bull being drug off the oh, road. Yeah, I guess off the road. That is oh. the one part of Ooh. the movie that gives me just the kind of willies because it's it's yeah, you yeah. can tell it's it, yeah, it's definitely dead. Um, but yeah, what a crazy jarring yeah uh, scene. Not only that, but it, it, you know, we talked earlier about them driving a little too fast on the, on these dirt roads. And I think it was the part where they actually followed the UFO hunters out for a while. Like they're going, like it happens really quickly. And I, I can never quite tell, like, I don't know if I just happen to look away at the right time, but like they literally like spin the station wagon out yeah, on one of these roads. And it's like, you guys, come on. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's no joke. You know, it's, for me, I, Oh, yeah. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say, for me, the emotional climax of the film, there's a scene where a Elvis impersonator is singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's like... This is such a crazy moment. Like, I literally almost want to cry. Like, it's so kitschy but patriotic at the same time it has so much heart and so there's so much tongue-in-cheek and it's just it just captures everything that i adore about the 90s i guess you know um i don't know it's just it's sublime it's just so good (laughs) yeah it is it is definitely a weird weird part of the film because it's like oh ufos contactees and all this kind of stuff and you know here we're having this event and we're at the little alien and then just like we're all hanging out inside the little alien and there's an elvis impersonator singing because (laughs) because of course because why not (laughs) yeah why the heck not yeah (laughs) exactly now one guy one guy we haven't really talked about um is a gentleman named i think it's david clendenin mm-hmm. another older fella oh. um, and and 
uh, he, you know, he's got some, some eh, not necessarily radical views on UFOs, but, but, you know, he definitely has some feelings about scientists. They say, well, we're say. scientists, class, and you may be scientists, but you don't know your butt from a hole in the ground about a UFO. Yeah, I mean, he, like, his quotes about that were, were pretty, int- I think he also says, like, you, they're in, they're in the labs and we're out here writing the stories or something like yeah. that. Mm, it's just right. like a very, very quotable. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, he was, he was a bit of a crack up and, and, and even, even he recognized that, you know, a lot of the people in the field of ufology at that point were, were getting older, you know, he's like, a lot of us aren't going to be around. Yeah. And he's uh-huh. that's even myself included. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, I mean, that follow up scene. I mean, he he was correct in saying that. Yeah, they they do have a bit at the end where they kind of like like if if this was you know a, a John Landis movie from the eighties, they they would have paused on each person and and you know talked about what they did for the rest of their lives and when they passed away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one thing we haven't talked about uh, in this area is is the black mailbox oh, the, the now white mailbox <laughs> yes the now the now white mailbox the the now mailbox attached to the ranch that is actually for sale oh, oh interesting. Right. I saw that headline. yeah the medlin ranch is for sale now I, I i think when i read the article it's there was like like it might actually be pending already so so all these headlines that are like hey you could buy it oh it's so like, you oh. know somebody snatched that up real quick they'll make it'll it's some like eccentric music producer and he's going to turn it into like some weird i you know I, studio. I i will be honest i now you can't you actually cannot despite what the article says see area 51 from that ranch you you will border it you will you will certainly be neighbors with the base but you can't see it i i would i would hope i would love if uh brandon fugel who owns skinwalker ranch in utah oh bought it i'm like that would be interesting um but quite honestly just as kind of like like a bit of side chatter to this story of this ranch being for sale um i was texting back and forth with um friend and friend of the show olaf phillips of paranoia magazine and he's like dude there's like you know five acres for sale in rachel like less than a mile from the little alien for like 12 grand. No way. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's, it literally is, it is undeveloped property. Like you've got electricity and nothing else. Like there's not wow. even super hookups. Wow. But it's 12 grand. But it's 12 grand. Yeah. You could, you could park your butt out there in an RV and be like, I'm going out here for a month and I am watching the skies. Yeah. Like, why not? Oh, quick, 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 quick thought. Um, yes. One of the one of the weird one of the neatest things that the film depicts that doesn't exist anymore is the the Rachel gas station, which no longer exists. There is no gas stations within like maybe a hundred mile radius of Rachel um, oh, now. And huh. and in 2010, when I went down there, uh, but um, yeah, they actually there was a gas station in the 90s, um, and they show it, which is cool. Uh, Ra- I never knew that the little town of Rachel was named after. Until I saw this film, the first girl who was born there, oh, yeah. first child who was born there, who tragically died in like of all things the Mount St. Helens uh, volcano explosion or something. So yeah, that was, that was a trip, you know. Yeah, and 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 actually, I think had had um, um, inhaled some of the ash. 
right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it wasn't totally. wasn't like you know buried in a landslide or anything. God, right? Forbid. Yeah, but still, yeah, that the, the town was named after her was that's an interesting little fact. Totally. Tate, did you have any favorite parts of the the extra bonus features on the DVD <clears throat> release? Ooh, well, I did. Um, I enjoyed both like the uh, white sides and Freedom Ridge parts because because both of those um you know have footage of area 51 that you you just can't see anymore right mm-hmm. right so yeah. i mean it, it, it's worth it just for that although let's be honest old camcorders can only zoom so far yes mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and it's interesting it's interesting in the white sides ones that that i think somebody kind of in the background mentions that they could see like that they're burning hazardous waste or something right and in it and it was the the effects of that burning that actually led to area 51's reveal because of a lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, 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 launched by people who worked there and had, um, you know, health issues yeah. because of that. Um, honestly, I mean, ambassador Merlin, like his whole bit um, <laughs> was just crazy. Yeah. Just the, the Nephilim and, and the angels and, and bringing about this golden age. And I even, I even stuck a link in the show notes to the book that he references. Oh, um, nice. In that, uh, you can still get it on Amazon. If for some reason you want to go looking for like, say, uh, Glenn Campbell's famous, like guide to area 51 mm-hmm. and, and you go look at it on Amazon, somebody's got a copy on there for a thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. That's that so funny. Ridiculous. Uh, it's completely ridiculous. Um, what I think is my favorite part is the um, bit with, I think this guy's name is Chuck Clark, mm. and he's just like messing with the camo dude. Yes, oh, that man. one's that one's just a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's just so good. It, it really is. It's, it's one of those things where, especially, I mean, you look at anybody else, like when the camo dude showed up, oh, we're screwed. Oh my God, it's dust. Run. You yeah, know, yeah, and 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 this guy is like, no, we're we're fine. We are not trespassing anywhere, and I've got lights just as strong as theirs. <laughs> so we're gonna sit here, love and it. We've got the high ground, and I'm just gonna shine this big ass spotlight, love it, on them until they go. All right, th- this guy is clearly gonna outweigh us. We're gonna bail. I, um, it's totally. It's- very 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 compelling i'm i'm surprised they didn't put that in the uh the whole the actual film itself but it's really good it's really fun yeah it, it, um, it is um i thought my favorite part of the bonus footage would have been ambassador merlin mm-hmm. but they had an extended interview with bill hamilton and his yes case. yeah and, and, and that's and that's long i mean it's like 14 minutes yeah yeah i i came from merlin but i stayed for hamilton because yeah. it was just like <laughs> There's this weird, and I'm sure, Tay, you could probably explain it better than I can, but there's this weird, I love whenever there's like a story of the paranormal or or of aliens, and there's like a really weird detail, because those are the things I like to pick up on and then see if I'll ever hear again in another unrelated story. Right. And this one had like a weird phantom Pontiac or something, which yes. is kind of funky. Yeah. Um. So, so Bill Hamilton, he's... His story is great. The detail in it is great. He's not the most engaging speaker. Mm. He's a little monotone. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, my eyes were getting heavy at some points. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's I, a great. It's a great uh, recollection. I love it. It is, and it, it's totally worth paying attention to. Um, and and again, that's probably why I watched 
like this entire documentary like three or four times this month just so mm-hmm. I could soak everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Bill Hamilton, he talks about this experience in this area. Like he and his wife um, are out here and, um, you know, they, they see some lights and that are kind of odd. And then I think they go back to the little alien, like they're staying there. And then in the middle of the night, he is just gripped with this, like, like I've got to go back out yeah. there, you know, like it's, it's just this, this overwhelming urge to go back up like groom road, I think is, is, is where they were going. Um, and, uh, so his, his wife relents and she's like, okay, fine, fine, let's go. And they go out there and they just kind of have this like really weird experience. And yeah, there's literally, he's like, I saw this, this Pontiac and, and it's like my brain was being jammed, right? Like, like he almost couldn't react to it. And he, and he notes that it even has white walls and and, and white wall tires pretty much are out of fashion by the mid sixties. Um, it, I guess with some rare exceptions, but, but, you know, generally speaking, right. But there's also no sound. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'm starting to go like, what could this be? Like, I definitely, I feel like I definitely get some like slight men in black vibes off it because yes. they, they, they are often seen in older, pristine vehicles. Hmm. Um, obviously he doesn't have an interaction with a person that he recollects. So I'm not sure I put a hundred percent on that. Um, you know, maybe this is some sort of influence from whatever craft he's seeing. Uh, there's maybe some missing time involved. Yeah, for sure. I just love, I just love his story. There's a part of his story where he interacts with an extraterrestrial who says that the, the, he, the alien is worried because humans at area 51 are messing around with a time vehicle. Which, I, oh, that was such a great right. I was like, hold yeah. on a second, let's talk and about I, that some more. I, and I'm a big proponent of of some UFO sightings as time vehicles, personally. So that I was like, bingo. Yeah, Shit. his his whole story is. I mean, it's, it's worth the price of admission because mm-hmm. it is it is very um, very unusual in some ways. Because you know, is this Pontiac? the Pontiac or is this Pontiac the craft? And, and again, here's this psychological component, you know, where they're like, Oh, we have to, for lack of a better term, put up a screen memory because there's a human here watching us Yeah, and they grab his mind and go, okay, okay. What could we look like? Oh, a Pontiac. Definitely possible. I mean, I'll say for one thing, if I ever see a Pontiac with white walls, I'm going to, you know, look at the sky and see what's going on and look at my watch and see if there's any missing time or anything for right. sure, you know? But again, no sound. I mean, how many, how many UFO encounters? I mean, I, I sent you both video of one just this past yeah. week. Oh, that was good. No sound. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and it was, oh, I still think about that video. Ooh. It's this triangle craft in the skies of Kokomo, Indiana in, I okay. think 2013, 2014, something like that. Ooh. And it is just, I mean, it is a, it's like a triangle craft kind of just sitting on its butt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got the three points of light and it, it is just kind of slowly kind of arcing through the sky. And you, you can hear the guy who's shooting the video just going like, what the F is that? Mm-hmm. Are you guys seeing this? And it's, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It, 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 that's one of those videos where I'm like, okay, this seems really legit. Yeah. 
Oof. Yeah. Yeah. But Bill Hamilton's abduction is, uh, is, uh, it's an interesting one for sure. Great film. Great film. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely John, worth the watch for sure. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, you're going out to this part of Nevada. You're definitely in UFO country now, right? We're certainly in UFO country now. <laughs> yes, we are. 100%. Yes, we are. That's for sure. Um, oh, man. Uh, John, was there anything else? Because you watched it literally for the first time this evening. Am I right? I did. Puppy prep. Uh, <laughs> puppy prep. Be damned. But I, I did. Yes. Well, and it, she's an adorable puppy. But is there is there anything else that you know you you kind of took away or or anything that stood out to you really um i mean i feel like we we did we did cover pretty much everything i'm trying to think if there's like anything else that kind of caught my eye or i i really think the whole um going through a higher dimension thing was very interesting because i feel like i've been hearing that theory more and more yeah that they're coming through different a different dimension (laughs) Instead of like being in our dimension, it's a higher or on a different frequency. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny because I've I've both heard people talk about and I've read some stuff, um, you know, about like different resonant frequencies that our planet has. Yeah, I, 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 I want to call it. I think it's the the ooh, and I haven't done any real research, so I'm pulling this just out of my head. I think I want to call it. Say it's the the Schaumann. It's like a German name, mm-hmm. uh, Schaumann frequency, and it's it's like seven seven hertz or something like that. But then there's like multiples of it, and and there's a uh, higher frequency somewhere around twenty one, and and it literally is called the third order. Oh, uh, and I'm like, and, and this is all semi related to the whole God helmet, right? Thing. So yeah, it it, it I. I'm leaning towards some of this stuff literally. And it, it's kind of funny because you go back to some of these old contact T stories and, and even in the nineties where everybody's just like, Oh, they're on a, they're on a higher vibration. They're on a higher frequency. And at the time, a lot of us were like, Oh man, you just sound like a new age crazy. Mm. But here we are 20, 30 years later. And it's kind of like, Oh wait, no, there's some science. What is that sound? Oh, I'm sorry. I should have muted that. That's a motorcycle. Okay. That didn't sound like a motorcycle. <laughs> it did, did not sound like that on this end. Incredibly terrifying. Oh, okay. what did it sound like to you? I mean, you'll hear it. We're leaving it in. You got to oh, leave it okay. in. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a distant Bigfoot howl for all. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah right. it was very eerie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Weird. I should have yeah, played it up. Okay. No, you're, you're fine. I know you're near... A highway i know you're near um uh train tracks and stuff yeah. so it's it's no big deal but i was just like wait what <laughs> is going on oh geez it's the domino's pizza again sorry but guys <laughs> that's dude i get it i get it you know um and i don't remember what i was saying right now well, something about the god helmet and um just how nowadays we're starting to get science that kind of supports this this higher vibration higher frequency idea hmm. You know, so so in a way, it kind of gives some of these older stories a little bit more credence, I think. Hmm. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, if you're listening to this, go check out the film. Absolutely. That's, yeah, final thought for sure. Definitely. And like we said, we'll have a link in the show notes if you want to get yourself a copy of, uh, of Alien Highway. Um, 
Moving on, next, we are joining Seb as we descend down into the archives. Maybe maybe someday we'll have a little footsteps down a corridor <laughs> kind of thing. But every month, Seb, our favorite archivist, is going to dig into the old-timey newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness. My brother, what do we have this month? Well, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, you know, I tried to find a newspaper article that kind of related in some ways to tonight's topic. Um, and I think I sort of came pretty close. Um, it's about a uh, gentleman by the name of Alexander Hamilton, not the guy from the musical. Unfortunately. Oh, here I thought this guy was going to throw away his shot. Oh, wow! <laughs> and uh, th- this is an article that was published on April 29th, eighteen ninety-seven, in the Paducah Daily Sun, a scan of which is available on the Library of Congress's website. I'm not going to read the whole article because it's pretty long, but uh, here we go. Millions have laughed at the Kansas airship, but the thing is no joke to farmer Alexander Hamilton who resides near Yates Center, Woodson County. The airship not only appeared in plain view of Hamilton and his family and frightened them out of their wits, but the captain of the vessel had the nerve to swoop down upon the cow lot and steal a two-year-old heifer. Last Monday night, according to Hamilton, we were awakened by a noise among the cattle. Upon gazing to the door, saw to my utter astonishment an airship slowly descending over my cow lot. It consisted of a giant cigar-shaped portion, possibly 300 feet long, with a carriage underneath. The carriage was made of panels of glass or other transparent substance. It was brilliantly lighted within. There were three lights, one red and the other green. It was occupied by six of the strangest beings I ever saw. They were jabbering together, but we could not understand a syllable they said. When about 300 feet above us, it seemed to pause and hover directly over a two-year-old heifer, which was bawling and jumping. Going to her, we found a cable fastened around her neck, one end passing up to the vessel and the heifer was tangled in the wire fence. We tried to get it off, but we could not. So we cut the wire loose and stood in amazement to see the ship, heifer and all, rise slowly disappearing in the northwest. We went home, but I was so frightened I could not sleep. Rising early Tuesday morning, I mounted my horse and started out, hoping to find some trace of my cow. This I failed to do, but coming back to Leroy in the evening, found that Link Thomas, who lives in Coffee County, about three or four miles west of Leroy, had found the hide legs and head in his field that day but was greatly mystified at not being able to find any tracks on the soft ground after identifying the hide by my brand wow i went home but every time i would drop to sleep and i could see the cursed thing with its big lights and hideous people Ooh. and there you go that's the uh, that's the story from kansas and you know what yeah, 1896 oh 1897 um it's, it's an and interesting story um, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, tonight's episode talks about, or, you know, we talk, the film Alien Highway talks about alien or cattle mutilation, you know, tangentially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, linking possibly the issue of cattle mutilation to UFOs. Um, and I really, I really think this, this article, this newspaper article is really powerful because I think regardless of whether or not you believe in the phenomenon of cattle mutilation, regardless of whether or not you believe the testimony of this particular farmer, I mean, it it indisputably shows that we as Americans have been for almost 125 years telling stories about, you know, creatures and strange flying craft abducting cattle and mutilating them, basically, you know? So, yeah. And and the fact that you've got somebody four miles from your location being like, "Um, yeah, dude, I think this is your cow. This is your brand, isn't it? And it's, 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 it, 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 it's, it's a creepy story, but a, a part of me thinks it's really funny too, because the idea of aliens coming all this way to like, you know, be cattle wrestlers. You know, I love <laughs> yeah. that whole, 
I love yeah. whenever I love whenever the paranormal and the old west intersect. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just so beautiful for me. But uh, cowboys and aliens, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hope I hope you guys like the article as much as I did for sure. It's very yeah, that was interesting. A good one. Very yeah. cool. as always, I'll make sure to stick that one in the show notes so other folks can read it. But you know what? I, I, I got to admit, I would want to, if I could, go back and ask that heifer one important thing, and that's soundboard clip number five. You took a bump here. No, no. The yeah, other I one. hit the wrong one. <laughs> Who is mutilating you and why? <laughs> we can't exactly. help you unless you be totally honest with us. <laughs> we can't help you unless you are totally honest with us. Yep. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Also, that he was me, who was mutilating you, and why? Yeah, <laughs> but that is that is that's what we want to know. Like, why? Why on Earth? Yeah, or why in space would this airship again? Notice the cigar shape. Reference. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the cigar shape, the the bright red and green lights, the weird being speaking a weird language. I mean, definitely all has an alien vibe for sure. It completely does, and and. Yeah, like why? And I mean, literally, it's there's no, you know, there's no like magical tractor beam or something. We we literally have a cable. oh yeah, yeah, they lassoed it. That was the, the cable best part. Is the best part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, crazy, but it's like it. Yeah, you have to wonder of the you know if if we take these stories at face value, you have to wonder at some of their motivations. Like, I mean, couldn't they couldn't they keep their ship ship you know on you know, a cloaking device and then just beam up a, a cow and nobody would be near, near the wiser, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. And that, and that's the funny thing. It, it, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, why do UFOs have lights? Right. They don't have it for them. Yeah. Right. It's like, they have it for us. Like for some reason on some level, they, they want to be seen. That's yeah. That's, that's tough for me because it's like, you know, if they're coming all this way, surely they have the technology if they wanted to keep their craft invisible visually and by radar at all times, you know, if they never wanted to be noticed, but you'd, you'd have to think if they did want to be noticed, uh, you know, in a way that was unambiguous, they could just land on the white house lawn. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, there's something in between there. And what does that say? You know? Yeah. It's like, they want us to know that they, they're out there, but they don't want to scare us too much. I don't know. I don't know what you, would, I, how you would say it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know because if anything it it doesn't make things clear and direct it makes things more convoluted. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 I think if it does anything it makes people kind of, you know, question everything around us more and I suppose that's good because that's piquing people's curiosity and getting us to look deeper than just like the surface layer of our day-to-day existence. Maybe. I mean, it might be mundane too. It might be that they do want to stay invisible, but just occasionally they have technical problems and they become visible, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But come on. If, if, if they can travel great distances or multiple or, or through dimensions, uh-huh. you know, hopefully they, they got their ship a tune up first. Yeah. But they're crashing everywhere. If left and right. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the same time, you still think Roswell's a, a time machine. Yeah, that's true. But there's so many other crash recovery stories. Yeah, there, no, that's you know? true. No, oh, that's I mean, true. That, that's only the ones that we've heard stories about. Yeah, I mean, right. The weird, the weird UFOs are the ones that drive perfectly and never crash. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, if if anything, and I, I feel like I said this last month, is that the more 
the more that I study this stuff, I feel like the less I actually know. Well, I can definitely tell you that these aliens in 1897, they probably really liked veal. I think that's probably. <laughs> yes, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's a for fair sure. assumption. But at least it, at least it wasn't like, oh, yes, there's this giant flying station wagon and it hit one of our cows. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Alien Highway is a trip. I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we could do I feel like we could do multiple episodes on, on like just the whole airship wave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Late Someday. 1800s. Um, yeah. You know, for right now, I, I love getting, you know, our, our monthly dive into the archives um, because, yeah, these these are some fascinating stories. And I, I know for a fact Seb, that there was a I, I want to say it was 1896. It might have been 1897 um, airship sighting in in your town in Sacramento. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I the thing I love about these old newspaper articles, it's like so many so many of the paranormal stories that we hear today were were being told more than 100 years ago you know and 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 you could take that in one of two ways you could say well that's you know evidence of the reality of the phenomenon or you could say that that's just you know whatever stories we tell today are just you know continuations of like an oral tradition or folklore or something like that but either scenario to me is compelling i think yeah Um, yeah I, i i and you could go really crazy and you could be just like well uh, it's it's actually all this you know great celestial trickster just screwing with us you know here i'm gonna make this this you know new technology this airship appear and i'm gonna make it mess with your animals you know i'm gonna sit back and laugh while you go i don't know what this is and other people you know mock you or whatever <laughs> yeah it's possible i mean you know we we, we don't know as much as we want to know we don't Right, right. Well, gentlemen, if there is one thing I do know is that that's that's about it for this month. I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day. If you have an experience you want to share with us, or if you have questions, email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me at blueboxufo. You can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. And you can follow John for cute puppy pictures <laughs> at JP Thrice. <laughs> Did, guys, was there anything else we wanted to mention? I know I kind of dived into that there. No, I think we, uh, we covered it. a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, you can subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use. Please be sure to rate and review us as well. We always appreciate that. And just as importantly, if not more so, share us with your friends. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around, and we would appreciate it if you would tell at least one friend about the podcast. We want to give big, huge thanks to the Ghoulies for letting us use Hot Rods from Outer Space from the album Midnight in America as our intro and outro music. Please give them a follow on social media and make sure to hit up the Ghoulies Denver bandcamp.com to buy their music and we've got merch coming i had really planned to have it ready in time for this month but february got away from me and allergies kicked up and so i, I promise march we will have it going on uh that's going to be up at notlg.spreadshirt.com that's right shirts buttons maybe even stickers um so check that out and we definitely want to give thanks to uh, Kate, the steam-powered mouse, for doing the show's artwork. Obviously, we're still in a pandemic, so it's important to help out local artists and businesses. Support them first. But if you also want to throw a few bones our way, we'd appreciate it. And you can do that over at patreon.com slash NOTLG. 
So that's it for this month. We will catch you next month. In the meantime, get out and find something weird. Good night. Getting the hell out of here because as as we were there, Steve spotted spotted dust coming towards us.